Dr. Preeti Viraj Fernando, we are honored to have you on this conversation. Thank you. And I know you like to be called Prutu. Now, you have an interesting history which I want to share with our listeners. You started and qualified as a medical doctor. And then you decided that the elephants were calling. You have an incredible history. You have been uh, uh, in, in Oregon uh, University in the US. You've, you've studied the uh, genetic ecology and conservation of the Asian elephant. You've gone on to Columbia University in New York, you, you conducted research on Asian elephants and the, the uh, Javan rhinos. You've uh, done fieldwork um, in Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Laos, Cambodia, Borneo, and Bangladesh. But thank goodness for Sri Lanka that you decided to return. We are truly blessed that you took that decision. And today you are uh, chairman of the uh, Center for Conservation and uh, Research. You're also a research associate with the Smithsonian Institute, and you've received the Whitley Award for Nature Conservation and Presidential Awards for Scientific Excellence. Putu, the president downwards, uh, countries around the world have recognized you for your commitment to elephants. And today, we want to talk a little bit about elephants. Welcome. Thank you, Dilan, uh, for that long introduction. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk about elephants. We're going to start with the inevitable. You know, we read about elephants, we see them, people talk about their majesty and so on. What is it that makes elephants special? We read about emotional sensitivity. We talk about or we, we hear about the structure of elephant herds, how they have their emotional connection, their sensitivity in terms of their relationships. And they really sound unique. But please tell us what really makes elephants special. Well, I don't know what's not special about elephants, you know. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you look at, just look at an elephant, I mean, it's such a huge animal. I mean, it's the largest animal on land. And then in addition to that, it has this very strange appendage called the trunk, which no other animal has. It's like a fifth hand. So just from, un, from appearances itself, I mean, the males have tusks. If it's African elephants, both the males and females have tusks. So it's, it's something that is, I would say, very unique just by appearance. But not only that, even if you look at their social structure, their intelligence, their behavior, I think practically everything about elephants is very special. There's also often talk of uh, uh, how elephants really mourn and grieve and feel uh, emotional stress in many situations. Is there anything that you have to add there? Clearly, so elephants are intelligent animals. They are also animals that have the capacity to recognize individuals and perhaps recognize themselves as individuals. So it, you know, in a way, I mean, if you look at uh, intelligence, we consider ourselves to be the most intelligent uh, animal on earth. And elephants are also uh, a very intelligent animal. So they have a very, very good memory. They need to, they have a very big brain, the, the, just the size of the brain. And so I think, like I said, every, every way you look at an elephant, it's very special, especially their social organization. So they have a very um, characteristic social organization where the males and females as adults have very different social structures. 
the females and the young live in groups and the males leave the groups when they come into puberty about 10 to 15 years of age and as adults they are single mostly solitary animals but still even the adult males of course they have associations with the herds maybe they are the herd they were born into as well as other herds that are in their area but in addition to that now we are beginning to realize that even the males themselves have a different social structure among themselves between the individual males some males are hanging out together a lot of the time so it's it's something um, very interesting and practically most of what is known about elephant behavior has been based on african savanna elephant there have been some very famous researchers who have worked on them for a very long time very famous scientists so we have a wealth of knowledge about their behavior and we always assumed that it was the same for asian elephants but what we are seeing now is that it is it may not be so that asian elephants have their own types of behavior and own social organization which in principle may be somewhat similar to african elephants but also is quite different from african elephants is it correct to say that uh, like uh, sri lankan society that elephants are a matriarchal society yes absolutely so because of this uh, what we call sexually dimorphic social structure the males and the females having different social structures the females living in groups so now based again based on african elephants it has always been assumed that there is a leader which is the oldest female in a group and so from a structural point of view the oldest female the a group is composed of a female her young and their own young and mostly the females the female offspring as well as the younger males uh, so in a single herd you might have about three generations of elephants so it has always been assumed that the oldest female the grandmother of them all or maybe even the great grandmother of them all plays a leading role and has been named the matriarch and this is something that has been seen in african savanna elephants but when we look at the our elephants um asian elephants as well as particular sri lankan elephants we don't see a clear leadership role for the oldest female so you can identify often a oldest female in a group but she doesn't seem to show such a strong leadership role and also the the group the groups in nation elephants tend to be somewhat smaller than with african elephants so there's a lot that we really don't know about asian elephants even though strange enough it's the asian elephants that have had the closest association with people for thousands of years but we still really don't know much about them at all so prutu uh, amongst your other accolades and recognitions uh, uh, the president of sri lanka has uh, invited you to to find a solution to the human elephant conflict and and that's a, a huge responsibility but the conflict itself is it, it's tragic um is there a way that we can manage this conflict sustainably absolutely but it's not easy so human elephant conflict is a very complex thing and and the thing is now clearly when there is conflict between two groups when it's humans and elephants or humans and humans or whatever clearly both parties suffer from the conflict 
so yes elephants suffer and people suffer but when it comes to human elephant conflict we really mostly ignore the elephant part of it we focus practically only on the human aspect of human elephant conflict so the best example of that is if you look at the measures that we take to mitigate the human elephant conflict the main methods are we capture elephants put them in a truck take them far away and dump them in some far away remote protected area we drive elephants out of the areas that they have been born and been living for generations we drive them by force away from those lands and restrict them to some protected area and put up a fence we distribute firecrackers to farmers to confront elephants and throw these firecrackers at them so i'm not saying that any of these are wrong as such but the point is these are only directed towards finding a solution or more to manage the problems that people have from elephants and in fact many of these measures actually cause a lot of problems for elephants so but looking at it even from a people's point of view the unfortunate thing is that we have thought that this is something very simple that you can do one thing and solve the problem forever but it is something very complex i mean people are very complex elephants are very complex so inevitably the conflict is a very complex thing it differs from place to place area to area depending on the people depending on the elephants depending on the location so there are a lot of complexity but the main thing is there is nothing no one thing that any one group or person can do that's going to solve this so in order to manage the conflict lots of agencies lots of people have to come together and lot of things need to be done and that needs a very strong leadership for to make that happen kutu there's uh, lots of discussion about elephants in zoos and so on uh, and i know it get becomes a heated argument because of the social structure that we spoke of um what is your opinion what's your take on that is 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 it uh, um you know from an educational research uh, i guess a charismatic uh, perspective is it uh, uh, acceptable to have two or three elephants in a zoo or, or what is i'm sorry i'm i'm probably asking you a difficult question and if you prefer not to answer that's fine but i'm i'm interested to know your perspective so yes so there is the broader aspect of elephants in captivity per se which is and elephants in zoos are a subsection of that so just from a um elephant point of view if you have a single animal given that as you say that they have such a social structure whether even the males yeah. um it's probably not a great thing for that elephant so and then you have degrees of captivity and the degrees of how much uh, interaction these animals have with other animals other elephants as well as even people so again it's there is it's not a black and white thing it's a there's a lots of shades of gray here so currently most international zoos are going away 
from having one or a single animal or one or two elephants in captivity. So they are trying to form a social group if they have elephants so that they have some sort of social structure. So that I think is a good thing. But also many Western zoos particularly have become very adverse to one-on-one interaction with elephants. Um, That's partly driven by the possible potential danger to people who interact with elephants. A number of people have got killed through the years. So now if you actually have a sufficient number of elephants and they are in a area, in a large enough area that they can interact with each other, they have social uh, interactions, I think that provides perhaps the best possible situation for an elephant in captivity. If you uh, fall short of that, um, you already have elephants in captivity, which are maybe single or maybe one or two animals, and they cannot, you cannot provide for them to have a larger group and the surroundings. In that situation, if the elephant cannot even have that sort of social um, interaction with people, I think it is a very sad situation for that animal. Ruto, with all these challenges, what's happening to elephants around the world, whether Africa, Asia, Sri Lanka, and so on? I mean, generally. I think elephants are symptomatic of all the other species. Uh, most other species, as you know, are doing pretty badly and doing worse every day. It's only a very, very few species who have managed to live with us. Things like cockroaches and rats and things like that are doing pretty well. But all the animals, all the other animals, most of them are doing badly and was on a day-by-day basis. So with elephants, uh, for any animal, I mean, we change the environment so much that most animals can no longer live in that environment. So habitat loss and environment is, I would say, the biggest threat to elephants as well as all these animals. But with elephants, there are additional issues. So with African elephants, a huge problem is the poaching for tusks. I mean, how pathetic is that? We are killing these majestic animals. We are slaughtering them just for the sake of two teeth. So that is a huge problem in Africa. And then the human-elephant conflict. That's probably a bigger problem in Asia than in Africa. But even in Africa, it's becoming a bigger problem. And uh, in Asia, it's, I would say, the biggest threat, secondary to the habitat loss, which which is also associated with the conflict uh, for elephants. Well, we must uh, hope that uh, with all the signs around us that uh, our uh, that humanity will uh, wake up. I think there was, uh, even in the last week, there was some terribly disturbing reports about how we are ourselves creating uh, or fueling an existential threat to humanity. But I guess that's a subject of another and much longer podcast. I want to conclude, Prutu, with a, uh, an interesting question that I know many will be interested to, to know the answer to. Are elephants really afraid of mice? <laughs> well, elephants, if there was an elephant that had not met a mouse before, he would be very scared of the mouse. <laughs> elephants like 
ourselves, I suppose, like all animals, fear the unknown. So anything that is new, that is strange, that they have not experienced before, they would be scared of. But elephants are also extremely adaptable and pretty intelligent. So in a little while, I'm pretty sure that he will overcome his fear of mice. <laughs> Thank you very much, Prithu. Prithu, it's really been an honor chatting with you. You uh, are an incredibly accomplished uh, person with uh, tremendous integrity in the field. And uh, I'm really privileged that we are able to share your thoughts in this conversation with uh, uh, our audience. Prithu, thank you very much. We are honored to have had you on the show and I wish you a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much, Dilan. It's been a pleasure.